African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Hey, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. Thank you for joining us on our various platforms on uh, DSTV Channel 802. And uh, if you're listening to us uh, online, uh, that's on our website. That's on www.channelafrica.co.za where you can actually stream us live. Uh, I'm Benjamin Mushatama with you today for African Dialogue. Well, today we're going to be looking at a very interesting thing since it is Women's Month in South Africa this month. And uh, today we are looking at the fact that it is Women's Month. We're going to do a couple of programs looking at Women's Month. I know that it's a topic that seems to be peripheral sometimes or one of those, uh, it only comes once a month. But I think it's becoming more cemented as a a month-to-month conversation when we speak about women's rights, it's no longer something that we just speak about in a particular month. But I've noticed uh, with mainstream media and other forms of media, uh, women uh, rights and uh, their engagements in society are becoming uh, a commonplace. But today we're going to be speaking about something very interesting around the fact that uh, we need to see more women participation, especially when it comes to leadership and political participation in sub-Saharan Africa and also in the world, because we when you look at the uh, UN women uh, statistics around leadership and political participation of women, it's really staggering. Most of them are really looking at uh, women uh, in, in participation around the numbers of uh, 21%, especially in uh, sub-Saharan Africa. When you look at uh, women participation in parliaments, for instance, only t- 23.9% of women in sub-Saharan Africa are are performing there in that particular arena. And uh, when you look at other domains of government, uh, as of January 2019 internationally, only 20.7% of government ministers in the world were women. The five most commonly held portfolios by women ministers are social affairs, how typical that is, uh, followed by family, children, youth, elderly, disabled, environment, natural sources, employment, vocational training. Very interesting is that kind of boxing woman, those particular um ministries that are given to them. So we are having dynamics whereby women are, are still need to be engaging in uh, uh, politics and I don't think we should say that it should be enabled by men themselves but it should be enabled by our governments and our organizations just from a policy standpoint. But helping us on this particular subject matter we have Belisa Rodriguez who's the program manager at the Klaus Jürgen Bate um, leadership uh, program at the University of uh, uh, Cape Town. Belisa also is uh, huge in entrepreneurship and leadership development across South Africa. We also have Wadi Benherki, who is the founder of the Wadi Benherki Foundation, which uh, she created when she was just 17 years to impact the lives of less privileged, marginalized, and disadvantaged uh, children uh, through humanitarianism and activism. Uh, she's joining us uh, from northern Nigeria. But let me start with you, Belisa. Thank you for giving us your time. 
Thank you for having me, Benjamin. Now, I mean, I was just looking at uh, just women in government, but I'm sure in sectors of business as well, we still need yes. to still see women leadership being cemented just as a principle, not just as an enablement that's given by men, but just from just uh, an environment that is becoming a norm, Belissa. Yes, um, I agree. And I think women have a very special role to play in our e- economy, um, and in particular in our social economy. Um, as you know, there's a global movement happening around the world around social entrepreneurship, and uh, which requires a lot of empathy. It requires people to understand basic human rights and human needs and to find solutions to help the majority of our people. And the women are especially well-placed to, to be able to take up that baton and become active uh, in, 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 in entrepreneurship um, uh, on the one hand, but also in terms of um, <clears throat> civic activity on the other. And um, so. any, any act that is about championing people's rights is a political act. And um, the Klaus Jürgen Barter Leadership Program is a, it's a scholarship program, actually, at the University of Cape Town, uh, founded by uh, Klaus Jürgen Barter, who's a professor in engineering at MIT, um, to support young future leaders of our country and our continent. But not just on the one hand, but a cross-sectoral approach. So we want to see leaders who are leading in business, in politics and in civil society um, uh, to work together in order to, to push the, the country forward. Um, and um, in my own personal um, uh, work, um, being a female entrepreneur, um, working in the social entrepreneurship field, sure. um, it's, uh, it's been very interesting to see what sort of approach to business uh, I would like to have. And uh, I would say a collaborative mindset and a mindset around partnership. And I think this is key mm. in terms of, uh, as you said, it's, it's about men and women. It's about um, private sector, uh, public sector, and uh, civil society working together because we, we are facing what we call uh, wicked problems, mm. problems that are so complex that we cannot um, achieve the solutions or solve them by oneself. So we need everybody, men, women, and, and a cross-section of leaders in all sectors of our society. All right, let me move on to Wadi, Nigeria. Wadi, I'm not sure if I'm clear enough for you there in your Skype line. Can you hear me clearly? Yes, I can hear all right, fantastic. Well, well, Wadi, let's look at this particular issue in terms of actually what do we mean by woman leadership? What do we mean when we're speaking about woman participation in terms of in a leadership uh, scale or platform? Does it look the same as when we're talking about uh, uh, males being leaders in their respective industries or environments or societies? Not at all. There's a very wide gap, you know, because I I come from northern Nigeria, and the, there's this discrimination here, especially for girls. There's this normal saying that we should be heard, we should be seen rather and not heard. So most times, it, 
even when people, women have the abilities to lead, they feel that they shouldn't be at the forefront. They are meant to be, you know, at the background of things or maybe even being at home, just being wives and daughters, and they don't want to lead. And so when you come up and you're bold enough to lead and speak up, they find you as being... Um, breaking the rules, breaking tradition, <laughs> and that's one thing I face. For example, you know, I I'm 22 years old, and I believe in gender equality. I believe everybody has a right. We're humans first, and so we should be treated with dignity. We should there should be justice, you know, for every single person. But then it's not the same when you are in a room. You're practically the only female there. And you are not really given opportunities. So one thing I always say is that you don't wait for opportunities. You take hold of them. But when you even want to take hold of them, they say you are being disrespectful. And you met these things the way they were. So who makes you think that or who told you that you can change it? So I would say there is a very wide gap, you know. It's very normal for men to take the lead. But if a woman is a leader, it's... It seems like it's not something that people are used to. But I think we're changing the narrative gradually and we're really trying to make young girls believe that there's more to them than just being females at home. They can do more, which is why we're advocating for education. And because education brings about empowerment and enlightenment. And when girls are educated, they grow up to be women leaders. So for now, I think there's a big difference between males leading and females leading. But in a couple of years, I know that everything would... All right. Sure. Sorry to cut you off there, um, Wadi. You know, what interests me of what you're saying is that you're probably saying the same things that uh, your mother used to say as a female African because you're a millennial, you of a millennial generation, and probably your grandmother used to say the same thing, that when I'm in a space of men, I'm still uh, finding myself in a place where I have to almost... Uh, force myself into the space and and make sure that I'm heard in that particular uh, platform. But why do you think as Africa we're struggling? I mean, we're in 2019 right now. We're not in 1980, for instance. We're in 2019, but it seems like women are still struggling. Even young women like yourselves are struggling to assert themselves uh, to be leaders in their environments. I think the major problem, you know, it's lack of um, exposure. You know, many people and they don't have access to information and so it limits them their mindset is still being caged that's one issue because you see we go to grassroots communities to empower girls and you see some of them don't want to believe what we're saying and I think it's lack of exposure also because there are very few women who are in strategic leadership positions and so if there are no many women to speak on our behalf you realize that there are more men which means that there's more likelihood that it will favor guys, it will favor the men, because we live in a, a, I would say there's patriarchy and misogyny, especially in this part of the world. Also because of our culture and tradition, I always say there are reasons behind why things are done the way they were. In the 1980s and 1870s, there were reasons why things were done that way, and there was no much exposure. 
Well, okay, okay. I'm going to take a quick break there. We're Skyping um, uh, Wadi Ben Hirki there, who is uh, joining us uh, from northern Nigeria. That line is trying itself, and uh, it's great to hear a young woman so assertive around her environment and what she's trying to do as a young woman in her community. Uh, that's Wadi Ben Hirki, who's the founder of the Wadi Ben Hirki Foundation, and uh, she works in a humanitarian space. Well, uh, working in entrepreneurship and leadership development is Belisa. Rodriguez, who's joining us on behalf of uh, the Cloud Jurgen Battle Leadership Program at the University of Cape Town. Uh, she's a program manager. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back to you, Belisa, because I'd like us to just unpack some of uh, those issues of patriarchy and cultural norms that the young Wadi was speaking about. But let's take a quick break. We'll be back after this. Building Africa with love. Hujambo Africa. If there are holes in this continental ship, we are its children. Let us go and stop the holes. Let us gladly do it with our hearts. And if we cannot, then let us die. We will make a plug of our brains and put them into the ship, but condemn it never. Catch us on Channel Africa from 10 to 11 a.m. every Friday and Sundays from 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. Yes, you are listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue from Monday to Friday now, where we look at the big issues on the African continent. Today, we're looking at a series that we'll be looking at. We started it sometime last week in terms of looking at a Women's Month and just looking at the various trends of where women are, especially in their participation in the society. And today, we're joined by Belisa Rodriguez, Program Manager at the Klaus Jürgen Bati Leadership Program, which is part of the University of Cape Town. She's also um, a speaker or also involved in entrepreneurship as she heard, uh, you heard from her earlier on and also she's uh, uh, very central in her work uh, dealing with uh, leadership development. But Wadi Benherki is also with us from Northern Nigeria, founder of the Wadi Benherki Foundation. Belisa, let me come to you. Very worrying a little bit to hear. I love Wadi because she laughs at these cultural norms. She laughs at patriarchy just when she's speaking about these particular issues but what is concerning is that as Africans I mean we've we lived in a very communal environment I, I as a South African myself I've always seen women as leaders and central to society but when when it comes to formal structures when it comes to business politics um, uh, societal intervention civil work we think women should come second it's a bizarre contradiction isn't it mm. I mean look to to change a mindset you have a cultural shift in the way one views one another. Um, it, it takes it takes generations, and it takes um, uh, forward-thinking individuals to push the the barriers, you know, and and to to smash those what we call glass ceilings. And um, it reminds me of a very uh, uh, important uh, talk that we hosted recently uh, during Women's Month with the uh, human rights activist Prigs Govender a female um, leader, um, and, and what was uh, my Nigerian uh, colleague was saying earlier around um, access to information, but really she was speaking also about role models. And so at our program at UCT, we, we invited Prague's governor to speak to young people about what is, how does one change and transform a culture? And she talked about transformational leadership. And she spoke about her story. And the basis of her story is quite unique. It really, the premise is around love and courage. 
so having a deep love for human for hum- humanity you know to to really see deeply into people's human dignity uh, first and foremost is trans is, is transformative okay and it's a different approach to 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 leading if you really see another human being um you can really you can really push the country forward. So this was sort of the one lesson in, in her life around um, inculcating this uh, understanding, a culture of seeing another person. And, and I guess it, it, it points to this uh, idea of Ubuntu. You know, I am who I am through you. Um, and I'm not sure if our leadership um, really takes on that ethos and that principle when, when dealing with our people. And I think... Um, Women um, have a very important role to play in transform- transformational leadership, transformative leadership. And she was talking about, her, her talk was called, it's quite interesting, insubordinate leadership. Um, this idea that actually when we are in positions of power, people will see us as insubordinate. You know, people will try and bring us down. People will say, you, you're not meant to speak up. You're not supposed to do that. These are these are limiting beliefs. This is a, a, a limiting belief in society, mm-hmm. uh, where certain people have a voice and certain people uh, and others don't. And when um, when women takes that on takes that belief on as a self-limiting belief, then 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 we have a problem. So it takes a lot of moral courage. And um, even in 2019, we are still every act. Every leadership act that a woman has has to go through is a revolutionary one, mm-hmm. and it, it's um, it's hard to understand in this day and age uh, that that the woman has to go through mm-hmm. these um, uh, testing times, mm-hmm. and uh, even even interacting in a normal in a boardroom setting, for example, there are these um, let's say internal struggles, mm-hmm. um, and. Um, uh, we, we don't have a solution except yeah. that we need more insubordinate women. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll deal with those particular dynamics. I'd like us to listen to something whereby South Africa's former National Assembly Speaker, Balega Mbete, uh, was speaking, saying that she believes South Africa is not ready for a female president. The comments come as the country was marking a National Women's Day. And Mbete says women have proved to be great leaders and are ready uh, to lead South Africa. However, she says most South Africans do not support uh, female leadership. Let's, let's listen to what she had to say. I think there are lots of women who are ready, who are great, who are even better qualitatively than many male leaders. But South Africa is extremely unready. South Africa believes women are not the type of people who must be leaders Mm. and yet they see them doing great things but they choose to believe otherwise well that's the voice there of Balega Mbete kind of uh, saying some of the issues that we're saying that uh, there seems to be uh, kind of a bad word thinking when it comes to um, uh, 
you know, women leadership uh, as a central theme in how we do things in our countries. I don't think it's just a purely African idea, but I think it's also a world idea. Let me come back to you, Wadi. Um, what are your thoughts there? I mean, you just heard of the voice of one of our former speakers of the National Assembly in South Africa. She's way older than you, um, Wadi. I'm not being ageist in any way, but it's interesting to hear a woman who's around uh, 70 years old and saying the same things that you're saying. Where do we start changing these norms that you've been uh, talking about, Wadi? So the first thing I would say is having access to information because there was a recent report by the World Forum which said that it would take 108 years to achieve gender equality. And I think that is so far away. I would most likely not be alive. Many other people as well. So I think when we make policies that would, I would say, favor women, the reason why we don't have many qualified ones is because we are at the receiving end. In terms of many issues, women and children are most vulnerable. And also, you see that there are about 130 million after-school girls in the world, meaning that they would have little to no access to opportunities to lead. And even those of us who, are, I would say, are qualified, there are no measures put in place to support us. So I would say the international organizations, for example, one which did a great job, I was part of the co-signers of the own letter in March, which was Women's Day, um, yeah, March 8th. And so such organizations are putting pressure on world leaders. And I believe if more organizations unite and collaborate, there will be a hasty, I would say, world leaders would see it as an urgent issue if many organizations like the UN, the EU, and AU come together and put pressure on them. And also, I would say in the curriculum in schools, there should be a mindset shift. You see in schools where they make females seem like at the end of the day, you wouldn't use this term. Certificate. So what's the need after all? So when their curriculum is changed, our mindsets are changed of even teachers, I think there will be a, a I would say, a hasty um, achievement and you will see that gender equality will be achieved before the 108 years. Uh, yeah. 108 years. Um, what is too long for us to eat, isn't it? <laughs> you know, too long. And also, I would say many old people, you know, I would say that they're creating a future for us, and they wouldn't live through that future they're creating for us. Many of them, yes, I'm sorry to say, they wouldn't be alive, but they're the ones deciding things for us, which is wrong. So there needs to be a point where youth will also be included. Young, vibrant, passionate people who, who will help to, you know, transform not just our country but the world at large and i would also say there should be education of the masses you know many people are uneducated they don't understand things so when when the masses the populace they are being educated about the importance of you know gender equality the importance of girls to go to school of women to take lead even in small places before they you know graduate to bigger platforms i think that there will be change so it starts from each and every one of us but also top organizations, international organizations coming together to put pressure on world leaders to, you know, make policies and implement policies that will enable mm. women to lead. Mm. All yes. right. You know, I was reading this uh, particular um, piece, I think, last week, um, and um, it's looking at Sudan 
needing women to negotiate at the table. We know that there's a political stalemate there in the country with the Sudanese Transitional Military Council and the Civilian Forces of Freedom and Change. And there were two writers who were writing on that particular issue, Lizette Kumalo and Cassie Rodi Melinu. And they were saying, including women in peace process not only bridges divides between conflicting parties, but leads to better long-term outcomes. When women are involved, peace agreements are 35% more likely to last at least 15 years and 64% less likely to fail. Women's level of influence over a peace process is also associated with the likelihood that an agreement will be reached and that it will include gender-specific provisions. Uh, you know, when I read that, uh, Belisa, it just uh, came up with this idea that you know, women have kind of a comprehensive way of looking at things. They have kind of a, a multi-hued way of uh, being leaders. Well, I think I think what I think we can go on a sort of a higher level and say that uh, what I said before, it takes everybody to to come up with uh, the, the the correct solution and uh, diversity of experience and diversity of approaches. So um, at some point, uh, you know, um, an aggressive leadership style might be needed, decisive, uh, we call it the, di- the dictatorship style. Um, and then you've got on the other end a consensus building and transforma- transformational leadership uh, led by um, more, more a deeper understanding and, and, and a connection to, to, human, to human dignity. And I think in a conflict resolution, dispute resolution or peace mediation, um, uh, setting, one needs to really draw on uh, a multitude of skills. And um, uh, that's why one has to open up the conversation to, to young people and old people. There has to be an intergenerational element. Um, there has to be a, a diverse cultural element, you know, especially in, in, a, in a multicultural uh, country like South Africa, but in many countries in Africa. Uh, and, and, of course, uh, a, a sort of a gender lens that needs to be um, uh, 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 used when, when coming up with solutions. So I wouldn't say that there is anything, you know, I, I wouldn't want to say that, you know, men are this and women are that. I, I think it takes um, everybody to, to come up with solutions. The problem comes in when certain people are excluded from those conversations. And I think uh, the this, this, this statistic that you, that you mentioned, um, uh, it's sad that it's actually needed to convince people that women need to be included yeah, in these true, processes. True. There shouldn't be an evidence base to say, yes, because women uh, can do this, they can be utilized in this way. No, it should be a norm, like you were talking about norms and practices. Um, but yes, of course, we have quotas, we have all these pol- uh, policies to try and uh, rebalance the conversation. Um, and uh, it's 2019, and uh, we, should, we should all be at the table together. Oh, lovely words. They're coming from Belisa Rodriguez, who is the program manager at the Klaus Jürgen Bate Leadership Program at the University of Cape Town. Also from northern Nigeria, we've got Wadi Benerki, the founder of the Wadi Benerki Foundation. I'm going to take a quick break, and then uh, when we come back, uh, we I just want us to speak around uh, the issue of uh, leadership development for women, especially in disenfranchised communities and environments such as developing countries like Africa and uh, also, uh, what do they need to do to make sure that they don't uh, look down on that idea of leadership development and also their entrepreneurial instincts? Uh, but we'll look at that after this break. 
Hello. To celebrate African women's achievements, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy, listen to Humanity, Women in Unity, an advocacy radio program against all forms of gender-based discrimination and violence against women. Humanity, Women in Unity, on Channel Africa every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Humanity, Women in Unity, with Dr. Amalea Gonez-Malka, every Thursday at 5 past 10 Central African Time and every Sunday morning at 5 past 6 Central African Time. Channel Africa, celebrating African women's achievements, the voice of the African Renaissance, from an African perspective. Tune in to Vision 2030 with Una Pateke and Tabila Masugu, the new show revolving around the Sustainable Development Goals and Agenda 2030. Every Tuesday, 10 to 11 a.m. Central African Time. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Channel Africa One, hashtag Vision 2030. You are listening to Channel Africa. It's 25 minutes before midday Central African Time. You're still with us here on Channel Africa. I'm Benjamin Mushatama in with you here on African Dialogue. Uh, if you're just joining us, we're about to wrap up this conversation. It's been fantastic uh, speaking to Wadi and uh, Belisa. They're getting their thoughts on what women leadership and participation looks like on the African continent. But Wadi, before the break, I'm interested in as a young person, especially as a young millennial, in the way that you actually sharpen your leadership capacity. How did you start thinking about leadership? How did you th- start thinking about uh, being someone who actually paves a way uh, for herself to a point that you even, uh, as a young woman, started your own humanitarian foundation? Like something that I never understood, why females were treated the way they were, especially around me. I saw young girls my age being married off, and many of them not having access to education. And my parents, they really saw the value of quality education, and it took us to very good high standard schools, which helped us to, you know, it shaped our minds and helped us to even believe that we are worth more and even to believe that there are many things we could achieve. And so the reason why I started was because I felt many other girls deserve that life as well, to dream big. You know, there are many amazing young girls across the world that I got to read about. But then there were very few that I knew in my community. And so I felt, imagine if someone like Oprah or Michelle Obama or many of these other great women, if they didn't have the access to education, we wouldn't be hearing of their names. And so I felt that there are many other people who have such gifts and talents in them, or even more, but, you know, they're being kept aside, they're being neglected, and they're probably in many grassroots communities not doing anything. So that was the motivation for me to, you know, bring out the best in young girls as myself and make them believe that there's more to their lives than their immediate surroundings. So it was a really difficult thing to do. It was really tasking. I got a lot of sponsors and all, but my dream and my passion was what kept me going. And right now, seeing many lives being transformed positively because of that little step that I took mm. is really what keeps me going. Mm. 
So, so just, just be specific for me there, Wadi. I want to know exactly what you do in your foundation. Um, what do you provide for, for young women in, in accessing at least a little bit of education in their lives? Tell us a little bit about maybe some of the programs you run in the foundation. Okay, so for girls and women, there are two programs run and they're linked to one another there's the girls not white campaign that campaign is saying that girls they should be allowed to be girls they are not old enough to be white and so reason why the name of the campaign is girls not white so we go and sensitize you know people in local communities telling them that a girl below 18 shouldn't be married off she should rather be in school we educate them we also seek for funds you know we raise money and we give outstanding girls scholarships and so there's the Shiro's project like female heroes Shiro's which enables women to be the best versions of themselves so we organize empowerment programs teach them tailoring sewing how to make different items that they could sell to make money and be self-dependent so the girls not and the Shiro's project are the two initiatives mm. which are really focused on helping girls and women Fantastic. I think that's a great thing that you do there, Wadi. Uh, let me come to you, Belisa. I mean, playing it forward is also just a very interesting that Wadi is doing. But coming back to the idea of uh, leadership development, especially for women, does it look different? I mean, Wadi is someone who's really focused in her community and she's very communal. I think she's a typical millennial in terms of just how they think. They think kind of sociologically, even in how they want their careers um, unfolding in front of them, uh, Belissa. But what are your thoughts of modern leadership development for, for women? I mean, where do women start in Africa, especially in environments where they might not have access to education, as Wadi was highlighting? Maybe they might not have access to resources as well mm. oh this is a, a difficult one and um, for I can I can speak from personal experience um, there, there's a, a certain let's say stubbornness um, I know that if somebody tells me that um, I can't do something because I'm this that or the other then I feel like I want to you know prove them wrong um, and I, and, I, and I think um, my call to action to all women out there is that um, we need to we need to actually disrupt the status quo. Sure. So even even our, our, our public speaker saying that we're not ready for a female president, I say we 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 will only be ready when we see when we see a female president. You understand? Sure. It, you know when when are we going to be ready? For, for for a revolution. A revolution will only happen when we see something happen. Um, and um, so, so the, the call to action is really to 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 strive to to dispel the myths, to do something great, to 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 prove the naysayers wrong, you know, and not to wait for for some leadership development to happen. There are things happening in our community all the time. If one gets involved in civic leadership. And, and I see that um, young people in, in my community are not involved in civic leadership. These are, I'm talking about the civic structures sure. where the decisions are made on a local, uh, local level, where we, where, we, where we liaise with our ward councillor, for example. Um, this is, this is a, you know, um, understanding your street dynamic. It starts from there, you know, where you start uh, um, 
uh, taking up a leadership role sure. and becoming politically active sure. on, a, on a local level. And that becomes a stepping stone into the system. And you can disrupt the system from inside. Um, but also in your families, in, in, in terms of uh, and, and society, if somebody says you can't do something because you're a girl or because you're a woman, um, then I, I would say take that leadership and, and be that insubordinate leader, as we say, um, and, 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 and take up that challenge. See it as a challenge, not well, as something that is going to be self-limiting. Sure, but where does it start? Maybe there's someone who's listening to us right now and saying, okay, where do I start? Leadership. Um, I'm even mm. talking about myself here, you know. Um, yes. I know we're talking about women, but sometimes it's something that is not about women or uh, men. It's really a, a principle, leadership. Mm. So if you haven't had the concept of what leadership is, Belissa, mm. how mm. do you define it for yourself? Where do you start? You know, um, for me, leadership uh, follows closely with volunteerism because sure. there are there are certain burning issues out there that requires energy. It requires human energy. It requires um, thinking minds. It requires solutions. And if people don't do anything, that's apathy. Doing nothing is, is, is almost being part of the problem. Sure. So I think taking that first step to, to volunteer to, to, to really follow what do you care about. I think it, 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 it boils down to each individual's mm. person's passion. What is your North Star? Mm. What is that thing that is really what you care about so much in your community and your society and find a way to contribute in some way? That is leadership. Yeah. You don't have to look like uh, Barack Obama <laughs> or you know, a presidential leadership. Sure. Leadership is taking action and is helping others. I All think right. that for me is, is, the, is the basic building blocks of leadership. I love that. Wadi, how do you define uh, leadership? Where is that uh, soft spot where you say, this is where I find leadership? I would say it's not so different from what uh, my colleague just said. But I think um, leadership is also in followership because you can't just be a leader without understanding how to lead other people or how you were um how to follow rather you know true leaders are selfless people and they're the ones who are ready to you know step back and listen to others so leadership is also in followership and it's also in being selfless in you know being a part of those who are trying to transform the society be it in volunteering or be it in whatever little way even in your house those little things that's what leaders are and i believe that leaders are born we are all leaders we have leadership in us we just need the right platform or right opportunity to show those leadership traits that we have really inbuilt in us well you know what what i have to say one thing for sure if i was nigerian and you were running for president even today at this right minute I would vote for you and you'd have my vote any day. And uh, we need those kind of leadership uh, people in the country but um, and in the continent. But thank you for giving us your time. That's Wadi Benurki, founder of the Wadi Benurki Foundation. And we also thank Belisa Rodriguez, who's the program manager of the Klaus Jürgen Bate uh, Leadership uh, Program at the University of Cape Town. Thank you both, ladies, for giving us your time. Thank you. Thank you.